HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hello, this is Lisa Held, and you're listening to Behind the Label with American Humane, produced by Heritage Radio Network for Springer Mountain Farms. This is the first episode of a special podcast series that dives into what the American Humane Certified label really stands for, and how Springer Mountain Farms specifically applies the label standard to raising healthy, happy chickens in the hills of the Blue Ridge Mountains. Joining me for the series is Robin Gansert, the president and CEO of American Humane. Welcome, Robin. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be with you today. Yeah, I'm so excited to kick off this series with you, um, even if we can't be in the same place because of uh, this crazy coronavirus pandemic. Um, at least we can we can talk to each other from many miles away, and um, we're going to do many episodes. It's going to be great. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And and we certainly are so grateful for the opportunity to explain what it means to be humane in our nation's farms and ranches. And we especially appreciate our opportunity to share this with Springer Mountain Farms. Perfect. So since you're going to be leading us through this story in each episode, Robin, um, can you tell listeners a little bit about your background and your role at American Humane? Oh, yes. Thank you. Uh, first of all, I've had the wonderful privilege and pleasure of serving as the CEO and president of American Humane now for an entire decade. And American Humane is our country's first national humane organization founded way back in 1877. This incredible institution has been the first to serve animals whenever and wherever they are in need of rescue, shelter, or protection. And I have to tell you, I'm so impressed with what this organization, these incredible colleagues who have the privilege of working with every day, what they do in terms of being the voice for the voiceless. In fact, today, there's well over 1 billion animals each and every year protected through the efforts of this incredible institution. You know, before I joined American Humane, Lisa, I've had a wonderful opportunity to work in the social good, the social impact space for almost 30 mm -hmm. years. I used to be the uh, deputy director of the Pew Charitable Trust 
And before that, I was with Wachovia, the bank where I actually led their philanthropic strategies team. So I've had the privilege of working across a number of incredible nonprofit institutions, uh, really doing incredible work for missions of stewarding uh, resources that make the world a better place. And again, for the past decade, uh, the privilege of being at American Humane because really, Lisa, animals are near and dear to my heart. And that includes farm animals. Uh, I'm really so fortunate to be able to have this role. Wow. And I had no idea that American Humane has been around since 1877. That's incredible. Yes, yes. And wow. uh, every single major advancement that we take for granted today for animals has actually been promulgated through American Humane. So when we think of, you know, uh, animals and transportation, those first transportation laws were uh, created because of American Humane. Protections and shelters and rescue groups, all that was created because of American Humane. Or Be Kind to Animals Week, the longest running commemorative week in our nation's history, 105 years old this year, uh, created by American Humane to spread the values of compassion, kindness, and love. Wow. So what was the the actual origin? Like, wh why was the organization originally founded? Well, you know what's so interesting for our farmers and ranchers who we partner with today um, is our history and our original founding of, our founding of American Humane. We were founded for to be the voice for farm animals, which I think is fascinating. Farm animal welfare was central to our mission way back in 1877. Local humane organizations from across the country identified the need to have a national voice for animals, particularly those that were shipped over great distances and cross state lines on the new railroad systems. Can you imagine huh. there were herds and flocks being shipped across the country without uh, requirements to stop for food, for stopping for water? And what farmers right. and ranchers were finding is that so many of those animals died along the way. So we helped to create and uh, uh, secure the passing of the 28-hour law, which was uh, codified in 1873, which helped to lead to our finding in 1877, which prohibited the transportation of animals for more than 28 consecutive hours without unloading them for food, water, and rest. And while that passage was a victory, its enforcement was not. Uh, so we worked um, to help enforce the law. Wow. There weren't many resources to do so. And in our early years, we advocated for strict enforcement and we fought against lobbying interests who really wanted that to be repealed. We found that unbelievable back in the 1870s. So we found cattle that had traveled for days without food and water. Stockmen were just so absorbed of the loss of a dead cow from neglect or cruelty. And mm. um, we just made sure that, that people who were doing that were fined. And uh, we wanted to make sure humane transportation was paid for. We fought hard to keep that law on the books to make sure it was enforced. And that was really the reason American Humane was created. Got it. So, I mean, it really started with farm animals. And we're going to be primarily focusing on on that aspect uh, as this series continues. But um, since that's going to be the focus, I kind of wanted to take a little step back and talk a little bit about other ways that uh, you've been protecting animals off the farm in the years since. Um, do you want to talk about some of those other programs that go beyond farmed animals? 
Oh, Lisa, I love to. First of all, I love farm animals. <laughs> I, I love, but I love all animals, which is why I have the best job in the entire world as the CEO of American Humane. But this incredible organization that we've talked about has been at the forefront of animal protection and welfare for over, you know, 143 years. But from, and you already know us, if you didn't know us through our package logo on, on Springer Mountain Farms products and many other products in the food space, you've also known us for years because of our our iconic No Animals Were Harmed film certification program. For more than seven decades, American Humane has been protecting animal stars on film and television sets. Last year, we monitored more than 1,000 productions around the globe, and you see our in-credited movies that say no animals were harmed, which huh. means that animal lovers can rest assured that that animal star was safe in that production. And so I love that. Uh, you've also known us, Lisa, and the listeners have known us through our rescue group. Believe it or not, American Humane's rescue program was the very first in our country. And we were actually uh, created when the U.S. Secretary of War asked us in 1915 to go overseas to protect cavalry horses in the theater of war in Europe. It was actually before U.S. soldiers went overseas. American Humane, our volunteer corps, were overseas providing care and triage for 68,000 wounded war horses each and every month in World War One. Wow. Now, that was amazing to me when I understood that part of our history. Uh, and that program, our rescue program, was actually created uh, through that at that endeavor uh, by the U.S. Secretary of War, now our, would be uh, would be our U.S. Secretary of Defense, and he said, mm -hmm. "American Humane, you are the uh, American Red Cross for animals and for animal rescue." So we've been providing rescue ever since 1915, the very first in our country to do so, and we've been at virtually every major national disaster from Pearl Harbor to 9/11 to Hurricane Sandy to Hurricane Dorian, you name it. Tornadoes, floods, fires, um, even in the terrorist attacks of 9-11, American Humane was there to provide for care. And it's fascinating how our rescue group has continued to go for well over 100 years. It's amazing. Work. Wow. There's so many different aspects. And I mean, I, I think the the Hollywood, the no animals were harmed in the making of this uh, film, that's one that you're right that people will recognize and, and kind of be fascinated by. Um, is that does that mean that there's somebody from American Humane actually on set, like checking up on what's happening? Absolutely. So when an animal is required to work, uh, so is American Humane there to be the voice. And and uh, it's really very important work. And we represent all species serving in film and entertainment. And of course, uh, our rescue work is, again, helping all species to be rescued in times of natural and, and, and national disasters. Two other areas of work that I wanted to share with you, Tune, is you know us already through our work with the nation's military, not just founding the founding of our rescue program in World War I, but we've been the group that's been bringing home war dogs from theaters of conflict and ensuring that those war dogs get reunited with their battle buddy for their retirement. And we've also huh. created uh, the first national training standards for service dogs for wounded warriors. Our wounded human warriors are coming back from uh, long-serving uh, uh, 
you know, service in theaters of conflict. Uh, right. And what I love about our program there is that we provide them with the service dogs specifically trained for warriors who have those invisible wounds of war, PTS and TBI. And that program is extremely successful. It's called Bringing Healing Leashes uh, to our, our Nation's Veterans. And another program that you may know us by tune is our American Humane Certified for Zoos and Aquariums. You know, all animal lovers are shocked by the devastating loss of biodiversity around the world. And that's why American mm-hmm. Humane, through our American Humane Conservation Program, has been certifying that leading zoos, aquariums, centers of conservation around the globe are actually providing humane treatment for the animals in their care. We know that these incredible zoos and aquariums that are certified by our American Humane Group are actual arcs of hope in a very dark time for so many species. So I'm really proud of all of our programs at America Humane, from rescue to conservation to farm uh, and indeed to Hollywood. We are the true voice for animals around the world. Yeah, it sounds like you're busy, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are busy. And we're so busy, Lisa, that I have something really, really great to share with you that's happening right now. In 1915, we also began our Be Kind Animals Week, which is celebrated annually. It's the oldest special week-long observances in the United States of humane education. It's, it's celebrating our shared values of kindness, compassion, and love. And we particularly learned those lessons as children through our relationship with animals. And what I love about this is that in our dark times today with COVID-19 pandemic shaking and rattling, uh, not only our country, but the entire world. It's so incredible that we have a week devoted to celebrating what I know is our shared values of kindness, compassion, and love. And that's our Be Kind to Animals Week. And it's been supported by our friends over the years, Betty White, John Wayne, various presidents and first ladies uh, have shared in this uh, incredible annual message of love. So I just wanted to share that with you today because I think we all need a little bit more love today. When is that week? When does it actually take place? May 3rd through May 9th. Oh, wow. Okay. And what I love is that each and every day we can practice Be Kind to Animals. We have a website devoted to humane education for kiddos. There's a pledge that all of us can take, no matter what our age is, at BeKindToAnimals.org. And again, particularly for parents who are uh, schooling their kiddos at home now, you can visit AmericanHumane.org backslash storytime, and you can see many of our wonderful humane education programs brought to life through virtual storytelling. So I hope you'll enjoy that tune if you're at home and you have a child that needs a needs a lesson. And uh, and what a great way to to share some of those lessons, those teaching curriculums through our incredible love for animals. Yeah, I'm sure... Uh... I'm sure that will be very helpful to some parents. I know people are really looking for resources to share with their kids, and it's a it's a hard time for parents uh, schooling at home. Yes. So I wanna I wanna go back to um, farm animals, um, kind of circle back around. So it's interesting. You started with um, this law that was about protecting animals while they were being transported off the farm. And now I think, you know, American Humane is known for this certification standard on farms. When did that farm program, the the certification part, when did that actually get established? You know, before our country was having a national dialogue about what it is to be humane on our nation's farms and ranches, it was American Humane who stepped out with incredible moral courage back in the year 2000 
20 years ago, we began uh, the first ever certification program of its kind. It was called then American Humane Free Farmed. It was a certification program that formed the foundation for our very current program, American Humane Certified. And really, in almost the two decades that we've been involved in farm certification, our program has grown significantly and truly exponentially. You know, between 1877 and the year 2000, we were still involved in the farm space, just not in a certification capacity. For example, Mm -hmm. we advocated for the Humane Slaughter Act, which was signed into law in 1958. That act required animals to be rendered unconscious prior to slaughter, which was much more humane than what had ever been thought about before. And unlike Mm. other animal welfare groups, Lisa, American Humane believes in working with stakeholders to improve conditions for animals. And that was the purpose of us finding and creating this program. We believe that through a collaborative science-based approach, we wanted to elevate standards for farm animals instead of just pointing a finger and saying that things weren't up to snuff. So for us, it was very important to be a collaborative partner, to bring out science-based approaches to determine what it is to be humane on farms and ranches, and how could we be a voice for those farm animals to elevate standards of care. Now, we certify nearly 1 billion farm animals each and every year. Despite that growth, uh, roughly 90% of U.S. farm animals are still raised without the benefit of independently verified science-based standards. That's how large the space is and how much work there is still to be done. That's, I mean, that number is kind of staggering. If you're yeah. you're certifying a billion and there are other, you know, certifications and then you're 90% of them are not certified. Like that's the, just the number of farmed animals that are, um, you know, on a farm at any given point is just kind of crazy, right? <laughs> yes, um, yes, very true. Yeah. And we are the largest, again, of a, a program of its kind uh, in the entire world. So our numbers are extremely, extremely large. And you said in the world, but do, do you only certify farms in the U.S. or do you also do outside the U.S.? We do uh, do uh, farms throughout North America. So, oh. um, But we're definitely the largest in the U.S. and largest throughout North America. So, yes, our standards have actually also been applied and we've audited farms um, in uh, uh, Europe as well. So okay. it's, it's it's a broad, broad-based program. In fact, American Humane is truly global humane when I think about the fact that animal welfare has no geographic boundaries. Mm. Yeah, and, and we're going to be talking primarily about, about chickens, broilers that are, are chickens raised for me. Um, do you certify other kinds of farm operations, do, um, hogs, cattle? Like how, how broad is the certification? Oh, my goodness, absolutely. Uh, it's... All animals, so that's you know all farm animals, which I think is is really uh, really terrific. So, chickens, uh, pork, uh, pigs, of course, cattle, uh, dairy cattle, uh, beef cattle, goats, uh, you know, uh, you name it, we cover it in terms of uh, farm animals, which I think is really really important. Uh, and how this kind of process works, Lisa, is really really cool because it's voluntary. And I think that's most important. When I look at being the voice for animals, I think the only way you're going to get significant social change to occur is to have uh, farmers and ranchers want to embrace on a volunteer basis this standard, want Mm. to embrace uh, this as a core value in their business model, that to them, treating their animals humanely is 
why they're and how they're in business. And it's, it's part of their culture. And for us, that's extremely important. So our process for all animals that uh, are in our program starts with interest from farmers. We encourage anyone interested in the program to see our animal welfare standards. They're all public, available online at humaneheartland.org. And then the farmers and ranchers can evaluate those gaps between their actual operations and our standards. Uh, so that's an important first step. But again, it's across all farm animals. We have standards for them all, and they're mm. robust and um, developed by renowned animal science experts and veterinarians. And farmers, um, so what you're saying is farmers mostly come to you. Like, do they they reach out to American Humane and say, I, I would like to have my farm certified? How do I go about doing that? Well, Lisa, the certification process does start with interest from farmers. And I think that's so so important because they're raising their hand to show that their business model is uh, rooted in ethics and rooted in science. And importantly, it's part of their culture, which is what we really like to see, that humane values are part of their culture. So we uh, work with those farmers and ranchers. They download our animal welfare standards, which are available for the entire public to look at at humaneheartland.org. And those farmers can then take the steps to evaluate gaps between their actual operations and our standards and work closely with one of our farm animal uh, producers, our our farm animal team, to have those conversations about what it would take for their operation to become American Humane certified. And then, of course, once the application process starts, what we do, which is so critical for the transparency of our certification program, is that we utilize independent third-party auditors. So I don't go on a farm and ranch to evaluate Mm. the care of chickens. We have an independent, a scientific expert who serves as a third-party auditor actually go and take our standards, which have been again created by a world-renowned committee of animal science experts and veterinarians. Those standards approved by um, American Humane are then taken into the field with an independent third-party auditor. And that auditor is the one on-site ensuring that the audits are truly unbiased and that they're fair. And after an inspection of the operation to assess the compliance, there's an audit review. And if necessary, there's areas where an operation may not be in compliance. We work with the farmer for corrective action plans. And those audits, again, uh, once a farm becomes American Humane Certified, those audits are conducted every year to help ensure mm. compliance with the program. So it's it's an incredibly robust program rooted in solid science and importantly, independent and third party assurances are provided with that that audit. And I love that. I know uh, as a consumer uh, of um, chicken, um, in fact, we'll be having chicken tonight for dinner with my family. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that animal was humanely raised. But I also recognize that I may not know the best and latest scientific expertise on how to raise that chicken humanely. So for me, it's important to say there's an authoritative voice rooted in solid science, and I trust that institution to make sure that that animal has been humanely raised. And that is the purpose of our program. Right. Yeah. And we're going to be getting really into the nitty gritty of some of those um, standards in future episodes and kind of talking about exactly what that looks like on the farms, right? Yes. Before we um, wrap up this episode, though, I did want to just talk a little bit about this moment that we're in. You know, it, it feels 
like we kind of have to address that we're in the middle of this coronavirus pandemic. And uh, yeah. just to, to briefly talk about how that might be affecting um, your operations and the farms that you work with, um, I'm curious what you've been seeing in terms of the impact of COVID-19 on your work at American Humane. Lisa, I'm so glad you asked me this question because we are in the middle of uh, unsettling and the most challenging times in, in modern history. Right. Uh, in from our perspective, for sure, the whole world has been put on pause or locked down or uh, simply um, our activities have stopped. What what American Humane has done is we've taken a step back and we had a, a tremendous opinion editorial released in Fox Business just last week where we applauded America's farmers and ranchers for doing an incredible job of raising uh, a food supply that's safe, that's affordable, and for those that have chosen a third-party certification, it's ethical. So this incredible food supply that we have, uh, a safe food supply here in this country, is a great credit to farmers and ranchers, and we stepped up and applauded their work. And it's, it is stunning to see that uh, we do have uh, incredible uh, food supply available in this challenging and unprecedented time. All of our producers take food safety extremely seriously, and that uh, has been an extension of of this. So I'm really proud of what our farmers and ranchers have done. I'm especially proud of our American Humane certified producers. Our American Humane certified producers have agreed to uh, virtual audits mm. so that our producers can ensure a compliance uh, is happening while we're all agreeing to stay at home and be safe. We are conducting virtual audits to ensure that American Humane certified producers are indeed in compliance with our humane standards. And I'm so grateful for our producers for stepping up and allowing us to, uh, to use technology to be there virtually to assure the public and consumers that indeed those that have our seal have been humanely raised. So congratulations to our producers for adopting this virtual audit process so quickly in light of this most challenging and uh, difficult time. So thank you for them for what they're doing. And on another note, too, very important to say at American Humane, we've recognized that many, many families have had struggled to feed their pets in these times, and some pets have ended up in shelters and rescue groups around our great country. Mm. What we've done is we started a Feed the Hungry program where we have asked for our incredible uh, contributors to provide for resources, financial resources. I am proud to tell you today that we have ensured that over 400,000 meals have been provided to hungry cats and dogs in our nation's rescues and shelters because of our Feed the Hungry program that we just launched at the beginning of our lockdown period. 400,000 meals, thanks to the generosity of our donors, for cats and dogs in our nation's struggling rescues and shelter groups. Mm. So thanks for those who participated in American Humane's Feed the Hungry program. Oh, I, I hadn't even thought about, um, you know, animals in, in shelters, like have have adoptions been put on hold? Um, are, are people able to even go in and adopt animals right now? So when I think about these local rescues and shelter groups uh, who aren't able to have adoption events, uh, their facilities may be closed because of stay at home and stay safe orders. Uh, indeed, their resources are limited and they're struggling to feed animals. They're in their care. So America Humane is so honored to be able to provide Feed the Hungry grants to those institutions, those rescues, those shelter groups that need help. 
And again, today, 400,000 meals have been provided for cats and dogs in our nation's rescues and shelter groups. So uh, more to come with Feed the Hungry, but we're so grateful to be able to have the opportunity to help. Absolutely. And hopefully next time we speak, things will be a little bit better. Things will have improved um, around the country. So we're going to wrap up this episode. Robin, thanks for sharing all of your insights today. Oh, Lisa, thank you for having me. Please be safe and stay well. You too. Thank you all for listening. In the next episode, we'll introduce you to Springer Mountain Farms in a deeper way. And we'll start to talk more about the science that supports American Humane Certified Standards for poultry. We hope you'll join us. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. This program is powered by Simplecast. Simplecast. 